Hey, this is Sean Boswell, CSW, your friendly neighborhood therapist. Hello, this is Dr. Lynn Varela, LMHC. And welcome to Myths About Narcissist and Borderline Personality Disorder Part 2. Yes, because there was too much for just one part. Yes. All right, so I want to start off with narcissists are always men. We men get such a bad rap. Yeah, man, people do beat on you guys. <laughs> they really do. Now, actually, narcissists can be male or female. Mm-hmm. And we do know that. But they statistically, they're more likely to be male. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is we tend to live in a patriarchal society, a more male-dominated society. Think about it. If your female CEO was behaving the way that most narcissists do, if they were throwing mm-hmm. chairs or berating employees, would that fly? No, probably not, because women would be called a bitch and get kicked out pretty quickly. Crazy and all that good stuff. Now, I'm sure it does happen, but it's less likely Mm -hmm. to be socially accepted. Or society doesn't really allow these kind of behaviors from females. Mm -hmm. So typically what we'll see is that females be diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Not to say that men can't be diagnosed with it. Oh, yeah, they are, but they present differently. Exactly. Or kind of the cousin to narcissistic personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, Mm. which has its own issues in itself around sexism. (laughs) They're trying to figure the diagnosis out. Uh Histrionic, I think, I mean, maybe this is another myth and somebody can correct me, but there tends to be more women diagnosed with it because they're seen as drama queens, which is more acceptable in women than in men. Absolutely. So typically this is why the men will get that narcissistic diagnosis, whereas females will get the histrionic diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they're the same. They do have some very major differences with them. Yeah. But a lot of the histrionic diagnosis in particular is rooted in sexism. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. debate in the mental health community whether that diagnosis should even be kept or not or whether it's valid or not but we're not going to get into all that yeah yeah i guess that's for another session (laughs) (laughs) but Um, yes okay so yeah so they there are male and female i agree with you but yes men are mostly diagnosed with it because yeah there's this whole society thing but yeah women can be sneaky Women narcissists can be sneaky. They can be under the radar because just like back in the days, like the 1800s, people thought that women didn't kill people. Yes, we were killing people. <laughs> that was a bit more of it, but yes, that's yeah. correct. Well, it's, it goes along the line that people really assume a lot of things about women that aren't true. Absolutely. Now, again, you're not going around. I'm not saying that women are going around killing people and being narcissists on the, on the down low. I'm just saying that men, whatever men can do, women can do too. Absolutely. Why is it that women are typically diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and men going under the radar? Well, because one, I think it's a big part of it is the sexism thing. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's all these emotions and because the emotional regulation is a part of it, because it's not that they don't feel their emotions, it's that they're trying to repress them. So when they finally do come out, they're massively like just so big. They feel so huge to the person. They feel overwhelmed by the emotion. And in our society, women can feel our feelings while men can't. You know, obviously you guys have feelings to feel, but, you know, let's be honest, a man who starts crying is a pussy. (laughs) Right. Not that he is, but that's what people will say. So Mm -hmm. male borderlines, they struggle just with the same symptoms that a female borderline does. But with a twist, usually they'll present differently because they'll go more to anger than maybe a female borderline will. Because anger is the one emotion across the board that is acceptable for both sexes. 
especially men. It's okay to be angry. Oh, maybe he, he needs to work on his anger, but it's the one emotion that men can safely express. And so men tend to present with more anger and physical aggression in borderline personality disorder than females. Not that women can't become physically aggressive, but again, it's not as socially acceptable if a man does it. All right, that was excellent. <laughs> so again, rooted in sexism. So some of these diagnoses are not foolproof, it sounds mm -hmm. like. And well, I mean, diagnosing is, is really, it's very subjective. Absolutely like many things it's not like we can take your blood do a test and oh well the result is you know you have B bbd it's like no it's based on a, a grouping of symptoms mm -hmm. and well usually a history of trauma although i have never personally seen it but there is a percentage a small percentage of people with bpd that is said that it's not caused by any trauma I've mm. never seen those people, okay. but I have to put it out there because they do exist. The, the documentation and research has proven that there is a very small percentage of people out there that don't necessarily have any obvious trauma, like that occult, like psychological, emotional that we don't necessarily see, but is there. There's a percentage of people that don't even have that to explain it. It's just purely the genetic component of it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, now that you mentioned that, that brings me to another myth of narcissists, that narcissists don't have trauma. And mm. when we do mental health assessments and diagnosing, as Dr. Varela was saying, it's very subjective. So we're going off what we are able to physically observe ourselves yeah. and what is reported to us. Oh, my God. It's so important because so <laughs> right. many times things are not told. Exactly. We're not mind readers. So one of the things about narcissists, because they are all about image, they're mm. not necessarily going to tell a therapist, if they even come into the room to see a therapist, for yeah. that matter. But they're not necessarily going to tell a therapist or even tell their loved ones that, hey, I had a crappy childhood where mm. I was really treated poorly. So a lot of times, because things seem picture perfect you may mm -hmm. think that that narcissist is really great yeah but they really have again this secret shame inside them yes they have a lot and actually i've noticed with border people who have borderline personality disorder mm -hmm. and a lot of people that just let's say ptsd do not necessarily recognize the trauma they have people think yes. oh if somebody has trauma they know they have trauma i have said I don't know how many times, because I've lost count at this point. Yeah, you have trauma, and they'll be like, no, I don't. I have all these symptoms. I have all these issues. I can't have a stable relationship. But, you know, that's the present day. That has nothing to do with my childhood. My childhood was amazing. My parents were great. And, of course, whenever we try to go into the, the childhood, people are like, okay, you're about to tell me that my parents are to blame for all my problems. And I go, no, no, let's not go there. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to blame your parents. I'm just here to acknowledge how your parents were human beings who made mistakes because there's intergenerational issues, right? which only means that this has been going on for generations. So since your grandmother, your great grandmother, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And because it's so normal mm -hmm. and covert, we don't recognize it as trauma. People go, oh, if I had abandonment issues, I know, but my parents were with me my whole life. They came to all my games. They did all these things. Yeah, well, did you emotionally connect with them? Did you feel loved by them? 
well, you know, they're not really big on hugs and I love you ah, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a big deal. They were, but they were physically there. And like, yeah, that's great that they were physically there, but emotionally they weren't. And that has more impact than anything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we tend to normalize things. Mm-hmm. Everyone's parents beat them, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's normal. And then you just come to find out that, no, that's not so much. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> right. Because I'm Hispanic, and the going joke is that, it, you know, if your mom's mad at you, she's going to hit you with a chancleta, which is a flip-flop in English, you uh-huh. know, and they whoop your ass with it. And we all laugh about it. Mm-hmm. Ha, 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 ha. But that's physical abuse, bro. It can that's be. physical yeah. abuse that they're whooping your ass with a shoe. And if you've ever been hit by a chancleta, you know that shit hurts. It burns. So mm. it's not like, oh, that wasn't a big deal. No, that, you felt that. Yeah? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, not to get dark or anything. No, no, it's okay. No. We normalize so many things. And again, what's normal, people like to say, oh, well, normal is X, Y, Z. Normal is anything that you grew up with that you saw other people doing. Right. So people think, well, beating your kid is not normal. If your family system beat you know, their kids and they've been doing it for generations, yeah, that's normal. Even you having a borderline personality disorder, narcissistic personality disorder, if there's generations of family members with those personality disorders, you are normal. Absolutely. Having a personality disorder does not make you abnormal. It no. actually makes you normal. Right. Huh. So... Speaking of that, I want to talk about one of the things I hear often is that my, my child's father, mm. typically, is a narcissist. Does this mean that my child is going to be a narcissist too? Mm. Now, the bad news is that there are some genetic components yeah. to any personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And we know that there's differences in brain structure, differences in body chemistry, and those can be genetically inherited. Yeah. However... A lot of the personality disorder goes to environmental as well. Mm-hmm. We talked about that abuse and or trauma. So one of the things that's going to happen is let's think about think about like an alcoholic. And they may have the gene for alcoholism. Yeah. But if they never have a drink, they're good, right? Yeah. So let's say that that child's father or mother who's narcissistic is in her life and they are receiving the abuse. This is where you, the quote unquote good parent or the healthy parent, mm-hmm. gets to kind of step in. And your job is to make sure that your child knows that the way that this other parent is treating them is not healthy. This is not yeah. acceptable. They are loved unconditionally. Yeah. The fact that you are that positive role model, studies have shown that that is more likely to make them resilient and to bounce back and not necessarily pick up those qualities from that unhealthy or unstable parent. So it's not a guarantee. It's not a death sentence. It's none of that. It doesn't mean you're destined to have raise a narcissistic kid. Mm-hmm. They may have some traits that they pick up because we pick up all kinds of stuff from mom and dad and watching. Even the society, which can be somewhat narcissistic (laughs) in nature. Exactly. Well, the other thing I want to interject real quick is before Mm -hmm. you race to worry about your kid having narcissism, you know, I've noticed that people use that word very loosely. Yes. Very loosely, especially the people that they feel hurt by, you know, or they just don't like. It's like, it's almost like calling somebody an asshole nowadays. Right. Yeah, this person's a narcissist. So I'd say be careful because maybe there isn't even a genetic component to it because maybe the guy isn't a narcissist maybe he's just an asshole and maybe you just don't like him because he's your baby daddy and he did you wrong 
there's that. There's that. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about a little bit about the how you get a diagnosis, a formal mm-hmm. diagnosis of narcissists. I'm going to jump to that in a second. But I just want to emphasize to you that empathy is something that most of us are capable of, yes. but it's also something we're taught. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you're taught when you're young, don't steal, don't hit mm-hmm. people. These are things that are not nice. This is where you kind of jump in as the parent, once mm-hmm. again, to teach that child this is what it's like to have empathy for others. Yeah. All right? So that is a key component to being a narcissist is that lack of empathy. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go ahead and show that unconditional love and show that it's not right to be bullied. So exactly. you don't bully too. And if if the, the shame seed is never planted or if it's planted, it's pulled out, then you won't develop the personality disorder because if you know your worth, you know you have value, you know that you're loved, and you also know how to balance that knowing that you're not the center of the universe, but that there's other people that you also have to respect and, and you know, kind of live this life and in this world with, it's less likely you'll ever develop narcissism. Absolutely. So let's say that you think that your child is a narcissist. Mm. Here's the good news. You can't formally diagnose anyone with a personality disorder until yeah. the age of 18. Yeah. Here's why. Children are constantly developing. They're developing, they're identifying their identities, they're figuring out who they are. It could really just be a bad phase that they're going through and something mm-hmm. that they outgrow. Well, that and what what teenager doesn't look like a narcissistic <laughs> asshole to exactly. you? Or a borderline. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they're all over the place. <laughs> right, right. And they're trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to figure out their hormones. They're trying to figure out everything in life. So, yeah, anybody can look like a personality disorder when they're in their teen years. Exactly. I had a client recently tell me about the concept of I, me, mine. Mm -hmm. And he said that narcissists tend to say those phrases. Who else says those phrases? Two-year-olds, right? Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Your two-year-old is not a narcissist. They're just two. Well, yeah. I mean, just some people never grow out of that two-year-old phase. That's true. That's true. But it doesn't make your two-year-old a narcissist. So it's very well okay. It's possible that your child's going to outgrow this again this is where you come in at and be mm-hmm. that positive role model and you're going to model healthy behaviors you're going to model healthy boundaries you're going to model respecting yourself and respecting others for that mm-hmm. child they are just as much of you as they are that narcissistic parent mm-hmm. so you got a chance there to pull them out of it parenting is so key so key yes yes so we continue to develop and until about the age of six we really don't start to realize that the world doesn't revolve around us so mm-hmm. i'm going to point that out too yeah and then we start to kind of develop more empathy for others around that time and kind of realize okay well it's not always about me all the time so your toddler is good yes. <laughs> right? they're, they're completely on track developmentally wise all right so let's say that you think that you are a narcissist or there's a narcissist in your life mm. You can't formally diagnose that yourself. Yeah. You can, let's say, screen for it. There are certain symptoms or certain criteria, but really only a licensed, trained mental health professional can make that diagnosis. If yeah. you think that yourself or someone else in your life is a narcissist, one of the things you can do is you can go ahead and seek therapy or you can recommend to that person they get therapy. Just a little caveat, a true blue narcissist 
really lack sympathy, so they're not going to feel so bad about being a narcissist. No. So if you're feeling bad about it, you likely are not a full-blown narcissist no, at all. No, no, because a narcissist, everything they do really just affects everybody around them, not so much them. I want to put another caveat. Yes. If you're trying to have them go to therapy because you're hoping that that will fix them, is that nobody will change unless they want to change. Absolutely. John said a true blue narcissist doesn't see a reason to change because for you to want to change, you have to see an issue because change isn't easy. And so you're not going to do it unless you want to. The only times I've ever seen a narcissist come to therapy is either they have features, so they're not full-blown, a court mandated or they lost everybody and they want somebody to feel sorry for them and i agree with all those and the other time i see it is when they're trying to get you back oh <laughs> yes that one too so they'll go ahead and go to therapy and that'll be you know they'll tell their wife or tell their family i'm going to therapy i'm working on myself and they may do one or two sessions and mm -hmm. that's just to kind of reel you back in once they are challenged by that therapist, usually they're out the door. I had mm -hmm. one narcissist who couldn't understand why I couldn't understand why it's not okay for him to choke his wife. Yeah, he hit would, him. Yeah. yeah. So we did our we did two sessions. He tried to rationalize it to me mm -hmm. that she kind of had it coming because she had spent his money gambling oh. and. Yep. I challenged him on it and never saw him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, have you ever been called by, by a narcissist a quack yet? No, no, oh, that's wow. an experience. Wow. Yeah, no, that's always fun because when you challenge them, most times than not, they will tell you you're a quack. I had one, though. Really? That when I took away all his smoke and mirrors, like mm -hmm. we call it gaslighting, mm -hmm. and all the excuses of, you know, I can hit her, I don't see the problem, he literally looked me in the face and said... Well, you're trying to manipulate me with facts and logic. That's <laughs> facts a level logic. of delusion yes. they live in. They are right. You will never be wrong. You'll never be anything but wrong. Yes. And they they don't care. You could come to them with a video. They'll be like, that wasn't me. Or you made me do it. Or somehow it's somebody else's fault. You're they deflect. truly do not care. So that's why I tell people you're, there's only two ways to really quote unquote win with a narcissist. Walking away or gray walking, which is basically just being neutral, not reacting, mm -hmm. which is exceedingly difficult. And do not do it unless you know you're going to be physically safe because it can set them off. Yes. And if you don't know that you can be physically safe doing this, if they start going off and are willing to hit you, you will not be safe. So the only option is to walk away in that case. But if you can gray walk, which is basically let them say what they're going to say and not personalize or try to defend yourself or, or try to just get him to see your point, the more calm you are, usually the more they start exploding. It's almost as if they poke at you for you to react mm -hmm. to one, give them a food source because they feed off of that. And two, my personal theory that is not based on any studies really uh, that I know of is that they're almost putting their emotions on you and letting you play out the emotions yes. for them so that they, you know, other people can see the situation and the only one that's going to be chastised is you. But it's almost like their emotions are being poured into you and you have to act them out. And when you don't, they have no no choice but to act them out themselves. Mm, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, this you know it's just based on what I've seen. But again, nobody has done a study, so if somebody wants to, feel free to take my idea and run with it. You're not doing it though. Oh, no, 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 I don't really want to. No, thank you. <laughs>
Well, speaking of that, one of the things I was going to say too about that is with the narcissist, a lot of times, if you don't feed into it, they are going to get upset because mm-hmm. they're losing power and control mm-hmm. of the situation. The other thing with that is that if you do feed into it, you'll notice that they get calm and they get quiet. And it's like, oh, yes. Why the, are you yelling? The Everything's more fine. you kind of get excited, the yeah. more they calm down. Mm-hmm. That's why my theory, because if you are calm, they blow. But if you blow, they calm. Exactly. And if you notice... You look at the crazy when they're like, you're the one yelling right now. I'm, I'm chill. Why are you so upset? Oh, the other thing they do is you might notice. I mean, again, it's not I can't blanket state that this is every time and with everyone. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that what they'll do is they'll poke you when there's nobody around. But it's almost like they know when to poke because they know that people will show up around the time you blow because they like audiences. Yes. And so they will want an audience so they can then play the victim. Oh, my God, I don't understand why they mm-hmm. did this and why they yelled at me. I, I mean, I was just trying to help. Exactly. And you're like, you're looking crazy because you feel crazy. Like, what? But no, but you just said this. No, I didn't. Or you misunderstood me. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why you're acting like this. You're always out of control. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always out of control. You're always out of control. That's always, you're oversensitive. You're out of control. Mm-hmm. You're too emotional. I had one which would tell his wife and, and the equivalent in Spanish, but I'll try to translate it. I put five cents in. I've gotten 25 cents back. I put five cents, I get 25 cents So it's basically saying I put a little bit and look at how much you exploded. It's basically I put a a little bit in and you you gave me back so much Mm -hmm. that was uncalled for. Typical gaslighting. Yes, very much gaslighting. And in case people don't know where the term gaslighting comes from, it's from a 19, I want to say 1930s or 1940s movie about a husband, a husband that, um, it's an old movie that husband wants to keep the wife's money. And so what he does is he moves things around. And I think he was trying to find a treasure in the basement. And when he would go down there, the lights would flicker. And what he would tell her is when she would ask, oh, why is the lights flickering? Why are the lights have dimmed down? He'd be like, no, there's nothing wrong with the lights. I don't know what you're talking about. And if he would move keys, she'd be like, why are the keys not where they usually are? Well, they're always over here. What are you talking about? So he would make her feel crazy, hence why gaslighting is called crazy making. Absolutely. And that just leads me to the last myth I want to talk about, which is narcissists never tell the truth. Mm. Now, here's the thing. Narcissists will tell you the truth. You will have the truest sense of a narcissist when you hear them start to attack you. So, yeah. Dr. Varela was asking me, have I, have I had a, cl- a client tell me I'm a quack yet? I haven't had that. I've dated narcissists that tell me mm-hmm. that I'm the narcissist mm-hmm. and that I'm manipulative projection. and Projection. Ex- absolutely. So, what they'll do is they'll usually will kind of throw accusations towards you. You're cheating or you're a liar or you're disrespectful. And really, this is actually how they feel about themselves. And this is all the shame and guilt kind of coming to surface. what they're doing. And actually, if you want complete truth from a narcissist, mm-hmm. Watch what they do. Yes. Watch what they do. I always tell people, don't listen to everything they, they say. I mean, you take it with a grain of salt. Right. But you watch what they do. And if it, those two things don't match, the behaviors are the truth. There you go. And I'd say that for any relationship. Absolutely. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's true even for people with BPD, mm-hmm. with even without personality disorders. Always watch a person's behaviors. It will always tell you 100% of the time who they are. Now, it's up to you, though, to believe what you see. Because ah. now that you have the knowledge, people will go, no, 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 but, I, you know, this action they did would require me leaving them or knowing that they're a liar or whatever, and I don't want to face that, so I'll go with the words. But then they feel confused and they feel like, uh, you know, like, what, 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 which way should I go? And it's like, yeah, the confusion is because you know what the truth is. You're just trying to talk yourself out of it. We call this cognitive dissonance. Yes. It's a fancy way of saying that you're not going along with your values or what you know to be facts. Do I believe you or my lying eyes? <laughs> basically. Yeah. So basically, if you see somebody's behavior and it doesn't match what they say, I'm sorry, my friend. Go with the actions. There you go. That and, well, they're probably toxic if those two things don't match. Not every single time. Not every single time, but, yeah. Definitely usually. hypocritical. Yeah. <laughs> or having their own cognitive dissonance, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole other, yeah. <laughs> but that, just about it, that wraps up our Myths About Narcissists and Borderlines Part 2. Thank you for tuning in. Yes. And we hope to see, well, see, we hope to have you listen in again soon. Yes. Thank you so much for following us and... Go ahead and check soon. Tune in. All right. Looking forward to the next episode. Take care. Take care.